2: It is the final podcast episode with Take 2 of September. I cannot believe that we're heading into October. This is Heidi Hatch with KUTV2 News. If you're new to the podcast and listening, thanks for joining us this week. We are in the mad dash headed up to the election. Seated to my right, Greg Hughes looking Hello. dapper in his uh, boxing wow. t-shirt today. And then Mara Carabello on the other side of the table, also with in a also boxing t-shirt today. Hi. Hi.
0: Yeah, but pure you you hide most of it. You can't is, even see it.
2: I, I'm wearing a sweater. So why were you both in the mood to fight today, or like just no, we feeling? Did. We both
0: showed up
1: with. I have Muhammad Ali. I have a, I have a different. I have a different.
2: What's um, a fun fact about lunch. you, Greg? If people are new to this podcast, that <laughs> they should know, and it can't be like 12 fun facts. Only uh,
1: one. One short sure. one. <laughs> I have a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> no. he does that's I won't uh, no I'm just kidding you. no no um, fun fact um, boy uh, I don't know I've I, drawn a blank you taught yes, me the word 12 or I know but you I taught me the, the word
2: like a couple years ago pugilation I guess I'd never remember pugilist. <laughs> pugilist a
1: political yes. pugilist yes I do enjoy boxing Okay. a lot as a sport I, lo- I do enjoy the sport a lot
2: I can't watch it it makes me cringe
1: you know, I have that mixed martial arts harder for me to watch in terms of, and it's a great sport. I love it. I mean, I, I respect it. Rough, I respect the yeah, daylights yeah. out of mixed martial arts, but I can watch boxing all day long. And mixed martial arts, it's, it, it, I just don't have the same reaction. Hmm, Maybe I'm old school. I think it's just an old school. All right. What's your fun fact? I don't
0: know. Like when people ask you that, then you suddenly... All of a sudden you can't of think of anything about yourself, right?
2: Yeah. Um, Give us a fun Italian fact.
0: A fun Italian fact. When you get married in Italy, you still have to uh, post on the town square and show that you're not pregnant.
1: What? Today? Yes. In 2022?
0: 2022. Well, I don't know. I should say in 2015, um, you had to show, regardless of your age or status, you had to show that you had to go to your doctor and submit to the government that you were not pregnant. And they still posted your intent to marry in the town square, and also the vows.
2: I sort Italy, of like posting in the town square. That's sort of cute and old nice school. Season. I like that. Yeah.
0: And
1: then, but uh, if you're preggers, that's awkward. In
0: Italy, you have a prescribed set of vows, right? They, yeah. They have. And among them are you must attest that you have not killed a prior spouse, <laughs> which I feel like is a good basic. So really, it's what a, you're yes. saying, it's Mara,
1: good, is that big a fun basic. fact about you isn't so much Italy, it's that you went through this process. I
0: did go through this process, but yeah. the other fun fact was you had to, and I think it's important that you had to self-report that you were not mentally ill. I thought those were two, as we went through the 12 vows, I felt like that those were some good
2: fundamental items. Yeah, they're like kind of give you some self-reflection before you commit to another marriage that
1: maybe you want to end through murder. My my fun fact about Mara, I know that's the next question you were going to ask, is that uh, all the movies about Italian families that you've ever watched about yeah. how they're all about their families, right? Yeah. Mara is exactly that. She's like all she, about her family. Like their family like events are epic <laughs> and, and, and they're frequent. And it's it's a it is very, very a fa- very much a, a family centric yeah. ethnicity. And they and don't culture. even live
0: close to each other, so I we know have to put in an effort.
1: I mean that's I love that's that. what's amazing about it. I mean I've I've learned a lot about how to keep with your family listening to hers it exhausts me actually just listening to it though
2: I I think that's good I like yeah. good family love speaking of families uh, this has been a wild week if you're watching Hurricane Ian and I have family in Florida and I know so many people who are listening do too so you've been watching this closely but um, my daughter's living in the Keys right now doing research um, mm-hmm. And so I was worried about her, but she there was no sense worrying about her. I think it kind of barely skimmed past him. They had a little bit of street flooding, you know, a few trees down, nothing bad, so she's fine. She actually went back to work today for the first time. My sister, though, lives in Bonita Springs in Lee County, in Lee and Collier, Collier Counties, where it came um, ashore, are really just devastated. And uh, watching the video just breaks my heart. Sanibel Island, that everyone knows the name of now, that's where my family's vacationed. Since we moved to Florida, when I was working in Orlando for 16 years, it's just this idyllic, beautiful, white sandy beaches, and it is just decimated. So it's hard to watch.
0: It is hard. The hard part about these intense, like really extreme national natural disasters are there's not much you can do. I mean, you can no. there's a lot you can hunker down, da da da. But we cannot. We've all been there. You can't imagine the strength of yeah. nature until you're in the middle here's, of it.
1: Here's what I so I, the. For some reason, the, 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 the hurricane that really impacted me growing up where I just thought, of, whoa, these are, was Hurricane Andrew. And I had to go research it to see. It was in August of 92. And the images of Hurricane Andrew, it looks like, it does look like a tornado that's a, you know, miles and miles wide. It, it, it didn't leave a single structure Correct. standing. It was, everything was gone. And when you see that, the one thing that I've, I've heard in news reports is that, as we've understood this, the fatalities aren't as high as they've been in the past. We are, our emergency responses are getting better, so when you have these natural disasters happening, even when you can't control what's it, you know it's coming, there have been precautions even in construction, there's been some advances since even 1992 Mm -hmm. that that human life is not lost and the casualties are not as high as they've been, if there's a silver lining. I
2: hope it stays that way though, because I think sometimes I think I'm more invested in this just because I've spent time there and I know and you look but when I'm looking at Sanibel Island and along Fort Myers Beach there are homes that look like a tornado came through and blew them up to pieces there's ones that look like you know they've been ripped to shreds but there's also just homes missing and not even homes but sometimes full like condominium buildings that have to have just washed into the ocean and I don't know that specifically on that island there that they thought that they were going to be where the eye was coming, so I think a lot of people stayed and the problem is there's no cell service now, so the question is how many people need to be rescued and how many people, I hate to even say it, drown or were washed away in their homes and I just have this sick feeling in my stomach wondering. There's a
1: large elderly population too, I would imagine that's that's where people yeah
2: and that people people do stay you joke about it when you live in florida they call it god's waiting room but it really is there's a lot of elderly people that don't want to leave their homes and sometimes it's hard to leave there's not enough gas for everyone to leave and it's not realistic for you know 23 million people just to drive away when a hurricane's coming so i think this is going to be a long awful
1: haul for if you thought florida. that that you might have your whole first floor flooded which was is pretty catastrophic by itself yeah but you live in a second floor or you live somewhere higher, you might have thought, I'm going to be okay. Some of those like, just were just gone. Not, yeah, they are yeah. not okay.
2: Uh, my sister though, people who've been paying attention to me on Facebook though, if you've been listening, she is actually okay. They live in a county where 90 some odd percent don't have power. They got power back and she was able to start texting us last night. Oh, so they were without cell service or anything. Okay. Uh, they're going to need a new roof. There's yeah. going to be water damage, but it's all fixable. And they've actually got another family living with them right now who, had a newborn baby and wasn't as lucky. So I think that's what happens after storms like this. And that's the one thing that's nice to see is you see that humans are still nice to humans and you pick up and you work. And I know this weekend, uh, they're expecting uh, a big. you know, they'll start Getting aid and a lot of the it wards go and reminder, help other people though, of like
0: base charities, uh, the American Red Cross, Catholic Charities, yeah. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, Humanitarian Relief. It is a good time to give them some cash.
2: Yeah, and I read about a new group. They're called the Cajun Army, and apparently they started after I think I'm calling them the right name, but anyhow they started after Hurricane Katrina, and all they do is when something bad goes in, they just go in there in yeah. their military style yeah. uniforms and. Kick butt doing service, which is awesome. So wow. it's good to see that kind of stuff
1: going on. So, how long do you, till you think things will have some semblance of normalcy? How, how long do you think that takes?
2: I was talking to my sister about that, and Irma came through five years ago as a category five hurricane, but the eye was about the fifth of the size of this one. And I would say, and the damage was like hardly non existent compared to this. There was flooding, there were trees down, there were things that had to be fixed. And I remember a month afterwards, she would go to the grocery store and be in the produce section, and she's like, "There's one onion, and there's like nothing else." Or go to the dairy section. That was like a month after. after. And so you think things get back to normal, but it just breaks down systems and getting food to people and so many things. So that's what worries me.
0: It also exposes another layer of unintended inequity in that some communities will bounce back quicker than others, and New Orleans hasn't bounced back in some ways, and. The storm's not over, so we haven't seen the amount, but some communities and likely more affluent and more um, able to negotiate systems yeah. will bounce back a little quicker than um, ones that were living in the margins and where the structures weren't as sound and so yeah. there tends to be more damage. But I think it is easily told that it's impacted for years. And it brings up interesting conversations, not only of the changing climate, which I say broadly, whichever, Agrees on the changing climate. It also shows how far um, we've encroached on territory where we did not used to. Where sort of back in the day, people didn't build in places that weren't easy to build, and now we have the ability. I mean, oh, I, I see. What you're saying. I think of that even in California when yeah. I see some mudslides, and I'm thinking, well, you had cantilevered over this <laughs> yeah. side. Yeah. I mean, I'm not blaming you, but I'm like, we we, we do it build, in Utah
2: too. You we know, build in
0: areas we shouldn't. Yeah. now because we have the technology. Well, you're not contemplating
1: for the 500-year flood or the 100-year right. hurricane. They, they, they hadn't seen a hurricane yeah. of that intensity for 100 years. I so mean, we don't
0: consider earthquakes here in the way that we should, and when
1: we have an earthquake, we will all be like, wow. And we will have We gave it a lot of lip service, but yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, we it's not that we don't, but like we, I, don't. I, I, we don't.
1: I, I shouldn't. I'm going to jinx myself not knock on wood. I don't have uh, earthquake insurance. Like, you need specific insurance for You do, yeah. Yeah. I don't have it. I know,
2: so, I don't either. And I sometimes I'm like, am I stupid not doing it? It's hard to go I know, back and I hope forth. I didn't.
1: I but that's really the thing is, it's I think it's
2: like easy after a storm like this. People are like, well, why do they build there? Why do they live there? And it's like, well, why do you live next to the mountains where there could be a wildfire or yeah. an earthquake or whatever? Yeah. You know.
1: So. Well, I'm definitely glad I'm on the highlands right now. I'm glad I'm in mountainous Utah. When you see a hurricane in the oceans and everything else, I like being. I'll take the earthquake take scare over until,
2: until you live in one of the areas of liquefaction and your home literally just gets sucked in the ground and you've just paid off your mortgage and you're like, well, yeah. that was that.
1: <laughs> you so, know. The next we grade, you we live a on a lake. Yeah. This, this whole valley is a lake bed, so we just have to, yeah. I guess yeah. we have to come
2: to Yes, that, well, we have right? lots of other stuff to talk about, but before okay. we move on, I don't want to be a doomsdayer, but I'm interested in the weeks and months to come to talk about how this might inf- affect inflation. I think there's going to be a lot of money spent down there. I mean, there's got to be a lot of money spent down there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people who need help. Uh, there's a large percentage of the farming, the food we all eat, that comes from Florida and a lot of these lands that are just kind of wiped out right now. So I'm interested to see how this works. And then there's the problem of, you know, I ordered a couch in March and it's That's still right. not there yet. You know, there's is it going to create even bigger backlogs in just everyday things that we all need? So it'll be interesting. It will.
1: It's, it'll have all, the, all that information.
2: Our yes. supply
0: chain is so tenuous right now that between China and the war in Ukraine and any natural disasters and any technological, which is mostly in the chip category, I mean we are we are in an interesting time globally because 10, 15 years ago, rightly so, everyone was saying you know global systems, global yeah. systems, and we shouldn't pendulum. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying one or the other, but we did globalize and you do start to become real-time
1: inventory we're not going to store anything we can just we can ship order it and three days later get it yeah
0: yeah yeah because you and i are both sharing i think we both ordered i ordered a hatch for my office in april and i just got notified that now i should be looking at the end of
2: november oh so it's like it's like expecting a baby i know it is weird so our thoughts are with people who are suffering i know a lot of people are and unfortunately in this information age they're living in a non-information age. My right. sister, who I just started texting for the first time today, has seen some of the damage because they're living in the middle of it, but they, don't, they weren't having power, they didn't have cell service, so you really don't know what's going on. She said that they were getting all their information from the radio, yeah. which you're like, oh, your cell phone can't get plugged in. You can't get power. It doesn't work. So it's a reminder we should all be prepared for emergencies because they come. All right, here in the great state of Utah, we're preparing for elections as everyone else is. Is it, what, 40 some odd days away? Yeah. Yeah, it is coming soon. And uh, there's been a hyper focus online in the last couple of days after a Salt Lake Tribune article about, I don't want to slaughter his name. Is it Goud or Goud Maragani? I think it's it's Goud. Goud Maragani, the GOP nominee. He's running for the Salt Lake County clerk. And apparently, I can't back this up because I don't have a Telegram account and I haven't looked at it, but he's apparently using social media to accuse Democrats. And maybe even if not now in the past of cheating and stealing the 2020 election uh mara you're first on this one is this something that voters should be concerned about as they're going in um to the elections he's come out more recently and said you know what i just want to be fair i want to do a good job in the office or do we need to think about you know some of these comments that people make over the past couple of years online
0: voters should heavily consider this voters should heavily consider but someone who's unqualified and not serious about this position is making accusations that are completely baseless. And it appears as though one would argue I'm saying that in defense of the Democrats, but I'm not. One of the things, I'll be interested to see if you, take the right road or the wrong road, Greg. Now I'll be interested to see if you agree with this, but so the reason that Salt Lake County, and, and I wanna broaden the discussion, to, for a second and our listeners don't need this because if you're listening to a political podcast you probably don't need this but speaking to the choir clerks in utah deeply matter clerks are who run campaigns uh, or excuse me run elections the state elections office doesn't they're an arbiter they're a repository and they provide a level of expertise but they don't actually run the elections no the
2: counties the submit their information to the state yeah run
0: elections so these positions matter and salt lake county matters because it's had a history of early adoption of technology. It also has a history, the county clerk's office has a history of working really well with the state legislature. The legislature, and particularly Salt Lake County clerks, have been really aggressive about new forms of ways for voters to access the ballot. And they are the first to adopt technology systems. They're the first to have double checks. And he's using, he. he from my estimation, I have been involved in the clerk's office in elections for 20 years. I've been poll watching and he doesn't understand the data he's talking about. He doesn't actually understand the categorization of voters. And what he's asserting is so unfounded that I am just, I am so concerned that this is entering our marketplace. So I think a battle of ideas and if you wanna take a seat away from a party and we're seeing some changes in Salt Lake County, all of that's fair game but his assertions are specific to local governance and they are so unfounded and his skill set is so wrong for this job. Now, leadership is something you look for in skill sets like legislators. I think when it comes to auditors and clerks and and county attorneys, you have to look at their professional credentials. And I'm just I'm disgusted by his lack of expertise. I'm I have to say, if you are listening for me, the biggest vote this year is Salt Lake County Clerk, and actually Utah County Clerk. The clerks this year, we have to protect those, and it's not a. This is the one area where I beg you to put down your partisanship and look at the qualifications of the candidates and just pick. This is this is supposed to be a neutral arbiter of a system. I wish it so weren't a Republican
2: and a Democrat running for this I mean, because it's. Why do we have someone? The meeting, yeah. so there's always be,
1: there's always going to be. Problems. We
0: and have we, had the, Sherry,
1: Sherry a, Swenson I, has not had a bias. I was so quiet and you I so listened worried. to a, a very compelling argument that I just want to be able please to please. have a counterpoint. Please. I would just say this, the way our elections have changed, and they have changed, uh, where your areas of expertise are, uh, where we are leaning more on software and how it's reading signatures on the mail-in ballots. Uh, chain of custody because we can mail in more where the, where the chain of custody from when you vote to the people that count it is interrupted to some degree by the, way, who, by the mailman or anything else or if you drop it off at a, at a ballot box, even to the extent in Washington County where there were many people that wanted a very, very close race for a hand count to happen, but that can be undependable as well, but there wasn't anything in statute that allowed for it. All I'm saying is this. We cannot live in an environment where if anyone questions or says we have to do better in terms of transparency, chain of custody, integrity of our elections, it is seen to be attacking democracy or undermining. We have to be able to, there was, a, there was a study done a long time ago where Jimmy Carter was on one side as a Democrat and there was a Republican, I can't remember who it was on the other, and they said, you know, and this is a while ago, but they were worried about vote by mail on the basis of chain of custody. All I'm saying is this, when people ask hard questions or people find areas to criticize, I don't think that democracy is being criticized. I don't think it cheapens our process. I think that we're human beings, there's always ways to improve our system, and we can't just throw up the the you know the the walls and say, well, you've you questioned it, you have to be crazy. Let's just I'd love to see it deep politicized. So, I'd love to see this so process. Greg, I'm get gonna stronger.
0: completely agree with you. Okay. Wow. But there is wow, no is assertion sexy. here, no assertion here, that there has been these big walls blown up. You know how transparent the voting process is in Salt Lake County. He I has do. not had, he has not been but, denied but, access but, but, to but the Mara, process. I will say, he has not been denied Mara, access to I have, any numbers. I have sent. He's not talking about not having access. He's
1: making I just like, the, I like someone that's that a critic right now because I like every all the systems tested. Here's the thing. When he's I was not first elected, the system.
0: he's trying to make well, accusations he's that are unfounded. It. Here's, a, here's not, the thing. He's not legitimately <laughs> questioning the system. Okay, but
1: the, this. That's when the When I was a, the first time in 2002, when I was a candidate, I had it was my business partner who could be there literally as the ballots were arriving from the different precinct locations. He could see them put into the machines and counted. Yeah. We could watch that. Yeah. You fast forward to today, they watch a video monitor. Of people counting from a far distance, they can't really see what's happening on the video monitor. It's it has changed, and I'm, I would argue in ways that are not necessarily. The statute of cold
0: watching still allows you, and as you know, if they if they electronically can't verify a signature. What in the grades are I'm talking about poll
1: watchers' the, ability to what they're too. watching. I am
0: too, and they're the validation not able to watch anything right now. Is a physical validation. I'm just saying
1: this, and look, I'm not even saying that they Utah get it wrong. I'm saying that if you were, were a poll watcher in 2002 and you were one in yes. 2020, your experience is polar opposite, and I'm not saying it was better. I, I, it was not better. So we can get better. We can absolutely do I better than we do you. today. We I can. agree
0: with you, but I am differentiating that. That is a serious assertion yeah. of a serious conversation, and the voters should insist on having serious conversations. Right. But I am not going to validate a not serious.
1: But DSA is Sherry management. running again? Is she, she's she not? She, she's, she's not. She's okay. retiring. Good. I think her but death that's, that's how, how front yeah. burner this race is to me no, I wasn't sure because i was going to say no, if she was that and would be a problem
2: and she's done an amazing she's job she's
1: been there for like I think 160 she's not years again. Okay. Right. this
0: is a not serious candidate her deputy I, deputy I
2: think is running yes. yes she's running
0: She's her deputy is running Okay. Um, but no she's not defending herself and I'm just saying we have to start distinguishing between malarkey and I agree with you real analysis like I, I every just,
1: year I guess, this will I just, I am recoiling more towards people that say all is well and if you complain about it there's something wrong with you versus someone who says there's problems and we've got to get to the right? bottom and I, I kind of like the cynicism the I like are, the cynicism he's not right
0: cynical now. he's uninformed <laughs> and so and so,
1: is I,
2: there a he, debate in this race can okay. you go listen to them discuss the issues uh, I'm wondering I if there is, think
1: there is the, the, no no yeah, you seem to know way, way more details than I, I do, so I'm not, I, I'm, I'm at a disadvantage. I just like, I like the critical, the, the critical nature of it. Because it I is an it important job. You
0: don't even know who's it running, down. and this is your clerk. You, you turn off his mic. He, up, like, you're out. <laughs> you don't even know who's running.
1: Right?
2: Here's the crazy part: there are some jobs that I'm like, why do we elect these people? I think it's weird that like we elect judges. I think it's weird that we elect auditors. I just want someone who's really great at
1: math and like does a good job.
2: And yeah. and doesn't almost care clerk, about
0: the politics. Yeah, wants to do
1: the job. Some of these spots, yep, it's good to elect though, like sheriff. I, th- I love having law enforcement that is elected by the people, accountable to the people. Versus. A um, uh, city council and a mayor that they're almost in their election once a week. They're city council.
2: Yeah, so I can understand that. Yeah. I can see
1: both ways, but I like of it. it. I, I like
2: there
0: it. are some serious trade crafts. Yeah. Like, like it feels yeah. like it's just a, mm. a. But here's the deal though. They would de facto, I think where the hang up is with political hacks like Greg and I, is that if you didn't elect them, they would as, essentially be appointed by the governor. Yeah. Excuse me, by the. Um, executive branch. What's going and on with your phone? This is, not, I, this is a family family podcast. I have like a podcast. 1970s what 70s swimsuit thing going on on my phone, yeah. and I don't
2: know why. I so, love her
1: bangs. So she... So you know, but let's 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 look a little bit more broadly than Utah. These DA rate or these clerk races are getting funded at a high high rate by out of state interests. On no, just we're crazy. That's a
0: black helicopter on this. That's not black helicopter. Right, like, There's actually
1: disclosures that show that. But, but that's I'm not just a saying conspiracy. The that's s- just true. Speaker it is.
0: Hughes, not only loved vote by mail, All he I'm championed
1: saying, it. No, I didn't champion it, you, but I did, but I did. Did. I didn't I didn't oppose it, I'll tell you that. But I will say this. You can learn lessons from the experiences you have, but I don't want those that are listening to this to think that there's just some uniquely Republican-only commentary on clerks going on and it's an otherwise completely that is totally
0: true. apolitical I
1: office. It's not. I it, this, these The politics has entered into county clerks, or Republican and Democrat sides, across this country. Right I
0: hope our takeaway from this is the homework. Know who your clerk
1: is, is, okay, I fine. I didn't I know that Sherry wasn't running. I got to like true, know who your clerk true. Is. I Because I will tell you, there's also a hot Goop, race so in I Utah County. Know who it is, so I'm let me tell you Utah County
0: has a controversial clerk race, Salt Lake County does, Box Elder County does, Washington County does. So I think the takeaway is do your homework and vote for.
2: Do your homework. Oh, One thing that I hate about these races is sometimes it is hard to do your homework on these that races really where is, you know not there's not as much information out there. All right, if I can find some extra minutes in my day, maybe I'll have them have a debate here on the podcast here or something. Um, I like
1: people that are. Good.
2: Before we move on from county clerks, um, Mara is a reader of information from all over the world, and you were looking at a case out of Israel that was showing the importance of county clerks this and where it matters so all over the place.
0: Okay. So I want to broaden this because this is my, my takeaway to political labeling and where you are on the spectrum can always change depending on your conditions. Mm-hmm. So that absolutism, you know, labels aren't held. I heard this on the radio this morning, and I found it so curious. The, re- the reason it was in the news cycle is that a judge in, in Israel mm-hmm. had ruled on a Jerusalem case that I, right before COVID, Utah started offering Zoom marriages. They referred actually to a place in Provo. And the woman, the Israeli they interviewed, was like, I don't know much about Utah. I think it's in the south of America. Like, this isn't yeah. actually about someone knowing Utah, which makes the politics more interesting. So they issued a marriage license based on being married via Zoom via Utah. And several Israelis, don't ask me how the Israelis figured this out. But in Israel, there there isn't civil marriage. There's only religious marriage. And so you can often not be married if you are gay or lesbian, if you are a mixed um, religious marriage, um, if you are a non-practicing Jew. There's a bunch of reasons why the state wouldn't allow you to be married. Utah apparently offered this amazing segue to liberalize who could get married in Israel. It was challenged to seven couples proffered that their marriage was legal after the state of Israel said it wasn't, and a judge just ruled with those couples in saying that if you got, quote, a Utah marriage, that it was a legal and binding Married in Israel. So what was intriguing about this for me is that if you, read there, there, if you read an NPR story, it was from a very American point of view. If you read the Jerusalem story, and there were several other international um, outlets, it sort of characterized Utah as this liberal way yeah. to open up all the different kinds hmm. of marriages there are. Which I'm mind. pretty sure they
2: never thought about when they were doing that, they were creating this yeah. gateway for Israelis right, to get married. I think it was a COVID thing. I don't... I don't. Because,
0: think
1: because I mean.
2: there was all these young couples that couldn't wait the three months and they were exactly. like, we gotta get married. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, let's true, Zoom this, right. baby. There's
1: a place down there that's called Breedham right. Young University. So that's I think right. that, that, that it's just a practical measure to have a Zoom away.
0: So my political point was, If you read the international news, they're saying, wow, the state, which in this case is Israel, which remember, you have to have a religious marriage. And for most Americans, that's a bridge too far, right? We start out with our founding fathers teaching us about a little separation between church Mm -hmm. and state. And so you have this only religious or non, there's no ability to have a non-secular Marriage and Utah is the gateway for a liberal <laughs> marriage. I just thought it was a very interesting story. I knew nothing about it, but now I'm pro Utah marriage.
2: All right. Jennifer, Something see, new. I, I like
0: that.
2: Okay, Greg, I'm going to ask you if you're pro or con on this. Um, last legislative session, uh, Representative Carol Spackman Moss um, of Holiday put a bill up that would really changed the way we drive. A lot of people, whether you like to admit it or not, do some texting, some snacking, some mascara applying while they drive. Uh, She was not successful in her last um, session. She's re-upping the bill and wants to stop it. And we can probably never prove all the time when there's crashes, you know, if it was caused by distracted driving. But I would have to think that it has a lot to do with it. We sent out Daniel Woodruff and they were taking video of people driving um, that literally had both hands off the wheel texting and the car was still going and they were looking at their phones texting. Is it time that we need to make a bill that just outlaws it and can we find a way to actually police that or is it all too subjective?
1: So it, what confuses me is that there was a bill that was passed to banned using your cell phone when you drive. and We passed it. I was, on, I was in the house. It was texting, right? Though? I think, was, I think that, so that's... You were supposed to hand manipulate it. Yeah, because yeah.
0: you could then look at the person's phone and see when they touched it. last Yeah, so right? I think it was
1: a texting bill. It wasn't use of the phone. I, I I don't think that this bill, right now, distracted driving is is an offense. You can be you can be cited for distracted driving, and you don't have to worry if it's mascara. You don't have to get prescriptive about whether it was a cheeseburger, mascara, a phone. If if you're driving erratically and you're distracted, there's there's you can be cited for that. So that's law already. We have a law on the books about you can't text while you're driving. That's on the books already. After that, I just think we got to, you know, I want someone sitting at these red lights when they turn green and nobody ever moves because they're all on their phone. So the light sits green and we have to honk. Get people to move. I would
2: also like to say, don't be a jerk and honk. I'm not looking at my phone. Well, sometimes I look at my phone, I'll admit that. But sometimes I'm just sitting there and it takes you a moment to like go, oh, it's my turn to go. And somebody's like, no, I'm me. And I'm fine. like, listen here, just, jerks.
1: When it takes forever. In yeah. fact, it's, sometimes it's the car behind me that's honking because like I'm it. still waiting for the car to go Slow and I haven't honked myself. Turn. I yeah like so that more people mm. can turn left instead of yeah. just the one when they go slow i like that one too yeah but no i, I don't think that i think we have appropriate laws it's, it's an enforcement issue here's the challenge you have like i have on my dashboard i put a new thing that holds my phone
2: mm, just like and they're, teenagers
1: so i can see it easier than if it's in the cup holder. yeah why because i use my map app more than i've ever used it before and I don't use it as much because I don't know where I'm going. Sometimes I like because it tells me where there's traffic coming up. It tells me what my estimated time of arrival is. So I can if, I, if I'm running late, it'll tell me what time I'm supposed to be there, calculating in where there's traffic along the way. So I like to use the map app. So am I not allowed to use that? That's my phone. It's on. The app is running. So yeah. I just think there's some things that your phone does now that, that actually assists in your, with the way you're driving in a positive way. I don't it just so seems here's, like here's what i've been contemplating.
0: first i'm just going to acknowledge my hypocrisy right mm. like first <laughs> first i just have to say like in theory i distracted driving is getting worse and worse it's all due to our phones and i have to acknowledge that i am a, an offender i don't want to too. be. i don't I, want I, to be we're I'm all not, confessing i'm not being I, flippant i about get it. that way too but here's what we do know about behavioral change and laws We know, particularly with traffic things, that laws don't stop us, right? Like I often, much to the chagrin of my retired police chief husband, just believe that speeding tickets are public tolls for the roads. I just feel like that's my contribution to the system. Yes. So what we know is it doesn't change behavior to penalize us, particularly on traffic things. But what does change behavior is really good long-term educational programs. And I do think we all need to be really aware of the fact that the level of fatalities are going up largely determined by the phone, and, and sleepiness actually is a big deal. So what I would say is, it is a real issue. You saw in the article that the Highway Patrol hasn't taken a position, but the Highway Patrolman who was um, quoted was like, yeah, this is a really yeah. big problem. So I wouldn't be a fan of the state of Utah funding um, an education program much like Buckle Up. We now click it or tick it. It's not about the ticket, it's about the social norm of buckling now, because when we grew up it wasn't a social norm. I would like us to put a little more, and I don't mean just get a jingle, but like if we were more educated on the risks we are taking, um, and it was pounded into us, a behavioral change would be good on our part. I just don't think putting out a fine or a misdemeanor is likely to change my
2: behavior. I think education might, I hadn't really thought about it, but my kids, obviously they've gone through driver's ed as like younger drivers who, you know, have their phones. And I, I mean, I'm not with my kids when they're driving by themselves, but even when they're in the car with me, if I'm at a stoplight and I'm like, oh, I got to check this, they're like, please don't, you're driving. And I feel like my kids are very proactive to have that thing that comes on your phone where it knows you're driving. It's like, I can't okay. answer your text or whatever. So. You know we definitely can change our behaviors and like you said you know we haven't always worn seatbelts I wear mine religiously but my mom said when we were growing up I just didn't want to I was just like make me and so she'd be like well if we all get in a car crash and die and or survive and you're the only one who dies what are you gonna tell God I'm gonna be like well I didn't want to wear my (laughs) seatbelt and I've obviously changed my mind now because I've been educated about it so I don't know maybe that would help
1: yeah I think Siri helps too or whatever voice activated if you need if you need something you can say you actually talk to the phone now, so I think that that's helping keep our eyes away from But I do agree with parents back
0: Moss, this is a problem we should probably be, I mean, it has a real I, I intended consequence.
1: There are yeah. laws for distracted driving, and I just I just think that you can make another one, but I, I think we have all the tools necessary to address this. Or you have
0: to up the ante and like make an extreme penalty where you take away my license if I have caught distracted, and then the penalty is so high for a
1: behavior change,
0: but we wouldn't be I wouldn't the, the be sitting in here right now. Problem. That would be the Not
1: worst be okay. thing that ever happened because I get yes, busted and I wouldn't be able
2: to get here. Yeah, that'd be and a I'd problem. I'd give you a
1: ride, so you don't want me. You don't want that line.
2: Sure. True. <laughs> All right, we're into the lightning round. And by lightning, I mean we can't talk about each issue more than five minutes. Uh, <laughs> <so> the, <laughs> that is lightning right. I know. Right. Burst. I'm I know. Okay, so I want to. I want to talk about the Senate race right now because if you watch TV, you know the ads My are up really. and mm-hmm. they're right now. So there's a new ad out. It's not specifically from Lee's campaign, but it's against Evan McMullen. I believe it's run by the Club for Growth Action. Who knows what these clubs are? Anyhow, uh, in the ad, it looks like there's three Utah women, maybe moms, sitting around at a table talking about Evan McMullen. They use a soundbite from him where it says, the re- he says, the Republican base is racist. Uh, McMullen held a news conference yesterday. I don't know if anyone attended it. I know we didn't. We try not to get in the middle um, as a news organization of the fights that go back and forth between ads. That's their own fight. They'll have to figure it out. But they sent a press release afterwards, and McMullen's campaign sent a clip from CNN that they're saying, purporting that that's where the quote came from. I looked at it fairly quickly. It seems to be the same interview. Although when I listen to it online, there's a little bit of where he sort of disappears in it. and the voice gets a little weird, so I don't know if that's just, I don't know. It was posted in 2017. But instead of saying, the Republican base is racist, apparently he said, but there is an element of the Republican base that is racist. Mm, Who goes first, Mara? Uh, Are these ads misrepresenting the heart of what people are trying to say? Can people have confidence when they listen to these ads that you're getting the real truth? What do people do when they hear these? Who's right? Who's wrong?
0: Outside advertising in the state of Utah is still a double-edged sword. And the campaigns feel mm-hmm. this way. Yeah, and The campaigns feel like, ah, dang, I don't have a lot of money, so I kind of like that an outside source is generally trying to represent my point of view. And remember, the law says you can't coordinate. So when I say the campaigns, both McMullen and Lee have outside help. And I'm sure they have a double-edged sword. And they don't
2: call them up and say, is this cool? We're going to run no, this. No, and they don't
0: say, here, we love this text. The, you you under the law have to operate independently. And in Utah, because of this very issue of what's negative is slightly differently defined here, not to be confused with Utah's don't respond to negative ads, but we respond to different kinds of negative ads. And so outside resources are always double-edged. That's the first thing. The second thing, and the bad news for Lee, is this is 100%, without exception, Lee's race to lose. And Lee's campaign so far has been running pretty clean. If you want Lee to win or don't want Lee to win, so far his campaign is running pretty clean. Ads like this from an outside give a great news cycle to Evan McMullen. And because he was able to make hay, we're talking about it. Evan McMullen has had a series of abilities to make hay, whether he has generated the stunt, whether the stunt has come from outside. So more and more you're going to see this tension Now that we head into the ballot, like I start voting right in two weeks, we just talked about that. You'll see the tension between are the campaigns running clean campaigns? Are they being supported or disrupted by these outside um, measures that they're not in control of? But what I would still say is this is Lee's race to lose. This is, uh, that's my point of view on the Senate race.
1: Yeah, I I think that, uh, again, to your point, when the outside groups come in, they're gonna they're gonna play hardball, and and it's sad because everyone says, well, we hate negative campaigning, but it, it, it always sense. works. It always I mean, it seems to always move the needle. So it, until it stops working, I mean, it will stop the day it stops working. If you're seeing negative campaigning, it's because okay. ca- ne- negative campaigning works. Um, I, I I don't actually think that the there's an aspect of the Republican base that's racist, and the Republican base is racist. I think the word base is the problem here. If I told you that there's a there's a, a, a segment of the Utah jazz fan base that's racist or if I said there are some extreme fans or some fans out there that are that are racist I think that when you use the word base you are putting a, you, there is a broad brush that you are describing The problem with McMullen is when he's on CNN he is quick to criticize Republicans a, a, a base of Republicans or any Republican when he gets in front of utah voters and he wants to because he knows a republican that that is a base he's not going to say those things so he has an obligation to to say that what you just heard was completely erroneous and none of it's true listen to the his corrected version an aspect or a, a portion I, I don't have it from of me of the republican base is racist that is wrong that is just on its face wrong you can you could argue that there is extreme elements out there there are there are people that have those sentiments but to, to point to a base of utah republicans as being mm-hmm. racist is not something that i think is true or oh. that, that republicans generally would even would agree with remotely so
2: there are bad right. apples republicans democrats independents right, lobbyists they're, they're, news it, it, the word
1: matters i mean if you have a base of anything a sports fan base Did uh, uh any base
2: he said, so his whole sentence was, but there's an element of the Republican base that is racist, I and our leaders an are afraid to stand up to them. That's yeah, I an mean, overshoot.
0: Think, I think he's just saying element. I think what's more interesting than whether it's true or not is whether the ad's effective or not. I mean, I don't want to I do And wanna, they all I, are, folks, over, I hate to tell I mean, you. Bias matters. I, the, on the discussion. Sides. The discussion matters. Yeah. But I think what, for me, is in question now is how effective it is this. Here's my
2: question. When they do ads like that and you see three women say at the table, do they actually get Utah women who are voters who actually feel this way to do it, or are they actors from, like, Tennessee that are like, yeah, I just don't like him?
0: No, you, you do always call. Like, I remember, I'll like, when we called um, back in the day when we would hire phone banking, we made sure to say they cannot have accents. Here's the accent that we have in our area. Please use it. Because oh, interesting. When you picked up and it was some nice woman from Tennessee saying, hey, y'all. I yeah. just wonder if you're interested in voting right now and you're like that you're
2: you're not my no name. And so, or like is this India? Where are you <laughs> calling from? So
0: no, I mean I these are just mass produced, they're variations on a the theme. To Greg's point though, again, where we have to look in the mirror is these are effective. These are not these are not just spitballs thrown on the wall. And one of the And they're not unique to
1: one party. And one both the, sides are doing. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. The purest thing about politics is it, it, it's, it's the most pure form of retail. If you're not buying it, they won't sell it. And so when people start complaining about the marketplace, I'm like, then stop buying it. Yeah. Because it is so about getting the response you want. There's not a complication to it. You want someone to change and move their minds. And so if we don't like how we're being spoken to, we need to start ta- stop talking about them and start talking about ourselves. Yeah. Because that's what it is. So it'll be interesting to see if it moves the needle. But if I were Lee, I'd be frustrated because I would be frustrated that I'm running a pretty clean campaign and now an outside group has given my opponent what I think is a pretty good round of press actually for McMahon. But I
1: but I do we give it the same scrutiny though that I see some evidence As if, as if uh, Senator Lee is the only one that's ever accepted a contribution from the list of names, that, the, of companies that go behind his head. But that would, that would. Those are all facts. Evan McMullen, yeah. Evan McMullen is receiving every one of his contributions from some, you know, some. It's not all ten dollars. Giving grandma. That, give take, that, give that, a that ad doesn't go as far, right? I mean, it doesn't. Like,
0: yeah.
2: yeah, and that's yeah, why they're so attacking could, him right now it's for his half a million that he hasn't paid back from his presidential right. campaign. Yeah. You know, they so, go after. The I agree hurts. with you,
0: Heidi. I think that it was well said that this is really interesting in the head-to-head race. It's not newsy in a, in a certain way. It's political news. Yeah. It's not necessarily.
2: Yeah. Because we're not going to show up every time someone has a news conference that they're mad about the commercials. It's just, yeah, time. it's just sort of what they are, so they're going to have to fight their own battles. We'll talk about it on the podcast here, because why not? Yes, we do. We do those things. Last but not least, I don't know that either of you are very neutral on this issue, but I'm going to talk about it. Uh, (laughs) uh, 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 So the UTA um, is cutting service to the ski resorts. Uh, They have buses that go up there during the ski season. And right now they're cutting back. They're saying they don't have enough people, which seems reasonable. Nobody can hire enough school bus drivers or anyone driver, so they're saying, We've got to cut back because we simply don't have enough drivers for the ski season. At the same time, there's an advocacy group saying, hey, you know, is this happening because they're making decisions on the gondola, Um, and is this because they're trying to make it so they squeeze people out, they can't get up the canyon, and we're gonna have no choice but take the idea of taking a Swiss Alps ride up the Cottonwood Canyons. Greg, um, what is this? Can we really not hire enough people, or are you guys trying to just pressure people into your Calling up UTA and saying, "Cut the bus service. Let's get this gondola going, yeah. baby." Well, I
1: be I, truthful. I, I, honestly, <laughs> to get inside the mind of the decision making, the decision tree at UTA is impossible. No one, no one will ever really know. But I, I will say this: uh, it is becoming a growing problem that Canyon. Uh, in terms of, we always thought we were we had it over Denver because you can't even see mountains when you land in Denver. You got to drive away, yeah. And here we are. You can see the mountains real, quick. but it, we our commute might be just as long now with the traffic getting into those canyons to, to take your vacation. So there's a growing problem there that needs to be addressed. Uh, if you do have a bus service and you're seeing uh, your ridership that's not where it's been in the past and you're trying to allocate your your routes and your frequency, you're gonna go to the places where people need to get to work. They need to get, there's a, there's a practical nature to mass transit versus uh, access to the uh, ski resorts uh, when you need them. And I'm, I'm sure that that played a part too in terms of prioritizing their their drivers, their ridership, uh, where to put buses and the the frequency in which those routes are used. I, I think that's probably the boring answer and the truth of it.
0: All right. I mean, the boring answer is every year driver shortages, now more than ever, have been a part of the conversation. If this was the first time driver shortages have ever impacted service, the other thing is the assertions are made from a political operative. And so I think that's good. I would put myself in the same category as someone who runs Political things, but but you know, I would take that the, sa- the same conversation that we just had about who's delivering it. These are political opponents who are saying, "Oh, is there something fishy there?" Oh, the government were efficient enough to have this level of conspiracy theory. I think <laughs> UTA was just like we don't have enough. I think if if that new cycle resulted in 60, 70 new bus drivers, then they would restore all the bus service. I mean, UTA is very serious about bus service. Let me while we're on it, I am going to take a okay. Here's what's driving me crazy about the political the conversation Mm -hmm. with gondola. If the infrastructure systems are 100 percent equal, they're both being paid by the same sources, taxpayer money. Yeah. They both have the exact same stops. They both have the same benefit. They both have they they're making it sound like the gondola is this really bougie big thing that helps only ski resorts. Well the buses stop at the same place, they're paid by the same people. What we do know is buses are subsidized about 87 percent, which I think we should do that because I think it matters. We don't know anything about how the operations of the gondola will be, but there's no difference actually in money. The gondola is cheaper to run than the buses. Buses are more expensive to run and they're more expensive to make and build. But what I haven't liked about the discussion is there's good reasons to want to have the bus. There's good reasons to want to have the gondola. But they're acting like the gondola is sort of some fancy special service and trains and buses and others are not. And they're all just choosing what public infrastructure you
2: want. How long be. is the gondola ride going to take me? Does anyone know?
0: Yeah, it's 26 minutes from the base station, I think, to Alta.
2: Oh, that's pretty sweet.
1: I, I'm, I'm still burning a candle the for yeah. cog rail. I want, like? I want rail, I want the Swiss, I think the Swiss model, they crack the code on moving people uh, through canyons, I think they do it well, I think it's successful, it's hundreds, hundreds of years of tried and true practice, and I think uh, there's nothing different about our canyons with what you see in Europe where they do use cog rail, and I think that it's not uh, its not a, uh, an enemy to the environment, it's a way to move people in a, actually in a more environmentally friendly way. Even the avalanche sheds they have over the rail so that it doesn't interrupt. I know Gondola doesn't get interrupted either, but I just think yeah, my mind my mind nice. tells me that that the that you could probably move not just like you to your point, Mara, not just the, the skiers or the those that are recreating, but even workforce uh, up more efficiently into those canyons and into those resorts and those uh, properties. More efficiently with a rail system, but rail's is just not on the table. I mean, it's not, it's, it's right now the choice is either bus or.
0: No, right gondola. now the choice is gondola. So, well, the, the, yeah. so UTA, yeah, that's right, I mean, that's right. So, it's so not the it's, it's, it's gondola. Their, their last version. Now, that doesn't mean gondola will be funded and it doesn't mean it'll happen, but through the environmental impact statement, we started out with something like 250 choices and we're down to one. But this notion that UTA has been like, master <laughs> behind like the scenes Wiggles. yeah like it's it. sort of it's a product of our time and I'm kind of bummed
1: out
2: about our time I'm so just time. bummed that we're not to the Jetsons point where we can fly I mean, wherever we, we want but we then there might be air traffic yeah I'm glad we're not eating pills for food though or whatever they were doing like pushing buttons and feeding that out so we got yeah, that going I for want us to
0: live, like, in a hermetically sealed
2: place. yeah that's weird so here we are In this very imperfect world we are. So thank you so much for being with us. We'll be back to discuss more important topics next week. If you like us, give us a review. If you don't, just stop listening to us.
1: Have a great day. Well, that's a different way to promote the podcast. Thank you very much, Heidi.